Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com and draft.com, where if you go right now and use the promo code BOXES on draft.com, you will get a free sign-up for your first game after your deposit. It's very easy, and you can use PayPal, and I suggest you go there now and use the promo code BOXES. I am your host for Watching the Boxes, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? I have an important question to ask you, Michael. Oh. I knew this. I knew this was coming, but I, uh, but I didn't know what the question was. I knew you were going to ask a question. How did but you know I was going to ask a question? I, I just knew it, but I didn't. I had no idea what the question is. Well, I like to keep you in the dark on these opening questions. You know, I feel like this is my chance to interview you. So interesting. I just want to know if you have any last words. Oh my god! See, I knew this was coming. Um. I didn't think it would be the very first thing to come out of your mouth this week, but um, it is a very, very serious matchup in the Watching the Boxes Listener League right now. It is Tyler, who has fallen from grace, really, out of first place, down to all the, all the way down to third, fighting for, for his life against Mike I still Mike understand Mee. how I'm not second. Because we have the exact same record, so I'm trying to figure yeah. out how I'm not in second place. You're in third, man. You're in third. I'm looking at it right now. You're in third. Did you lose to the Sloan Ranger at some point in the in the season? No, I think the only week I've lost was last week. That was like the first one I've lost. It must be. I, I don't know what the tiebreaker is, so we'll have to find that out. But it is a pretty big week. The first place team... LeBron's hairlines has 71 wins, is 71, 44, and 2. The Sloan Rangers, uh, uh, one and a half games back. And so is Tyler, who's in third, not second, one and a half games back. And I am four games back. Uh, licensed to Lillard, nine games back from the top. So the playoffs, um, playoff implications are are coming up here. Um, there's There's not a ton of weeks left here. On the uh, watching the boxes listener league, though there's probably more uh, weeks left in our league than most because uh, we like to play for the whole season. You know, the season's only a little over half over, and some leagues are looking are looking at playoffs starting very soon. I don't like playing that way, Tyler. Are you are you an early playoff guy or a late playoff guy? Oh, I like to play it all the way out to the end, man. It's supposed to be fun. I love to play, so I want to play for as long as I can. We're in week 14 right now. Our playoffs do not start until week 23. So we've got a little ways to go here. But this is the week when I dominate you in our matchup. This is the week I knock you from the playoffs for the first time all season. Well, and I am know, looking forward to that. It is not going to happen because I went out to hashtagbasketball.com and read the week 14 primer written by you, Tyler. You have given me all the ammo I need to beat you this week if i suggest everyone go out and read that article it is a great way to know who to stream how to stream and, and to maximize your games each week uh tyler does a pretty good job in the article and we're going to talk about it later in the show but um i, I have one league whose playoffs are going to start i actually kind of like so it's it's hard for me because i like the two-week playoff system but if you do that that means your playoffs have to start early which i'm not a fan of the two-week matchup is kind of nice in the playoffs, just in the sense that the better team, the team with the better team usually ends up winning out then, whereas anything can kind of happen in one week. Uh, Lou Williams has his recent stretch of games here, and uh, he can potentially win you the week just by himself. Yeah, he can push you over that edge. And um, I think it kind of um, – the, the the thing I like most about fantasy basketball is – the way it mimics real basketball. And that's why I prefer to play Roto Leagues. Um, and I, I kind of like doing the entire season where it's the makeup of your team and how they fit together versus just having the best players. Um, I, I like that strategy of it. But, you know, head-to-head uh, has grown on me over the years. And the reason I like that two-week playoff, as you said, is like in a seven-game series in the NBA, the best team's going to win a majority of the time. 
And in a two-week playoff, the best team is going to win. You're not going to get a fluky week like you. You know, that's why I stopped playing fantasy football. It's like every week was a fluky week. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I have the most points in this league, and I'm in fifth place. This is stupid. Well, yeah, not only that, but I mean, with football, I mean, you see it every every week. Every week you play, right? The last year I played, it was like. The team who was in first place heading into the playoffs had like the seventh most points in a 12 team league because they got lucky and seemed to play everybody the week that they didn't score any points and they would win. And it's like, how is this even possible? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't feel like skill. It feels a lot more like luck. But as you've seen in these NFL playoff games going on, games are won by luck. And one bad play, so um, or one great play, depending on what you uh, what you bet on that week. So, you know what? Maybe it maybe it is a little bit more true to the game than I give it credit for. I still can't believe that guy for the Saints missed that tackle. All he had to do was keep his head up well, and tackle. Why was he? Guy. Why was he hitting down. the truck stick? I don't know, man. I don't know what happened there. Why did he I, do that? I felt bad for that poor guy though, because he's going to live in infamy now for that. You know, I don't feel too bad for him. He's making a lot of money, and uh, I think he had an interception earlier in that game. So, you know, they're probably not in that position unless he had made that play earlier. And I kind of blame the the defensive coordinator there for not having another person back. Like, where where was everybody else? Or like the entire team back? I mean, come on now. Yeah, what an idea! Uh, I, I don't think you should ever lose on a play like that. One would think not, but apparently, if you are them you do lose like that i mean i don't know what else to say that is um sad if you want to hear more about uh football find another podcast because it's not a this is not a football podcast and we do not have a football podcast a fake football podcast that we talk about football on uh that's how much we care so let's let's get into this um some of the tragedy i guess it's not tragedy that's too it's too harsh of a word really tragedy i i it's a little a little dramatic. Um, let's talk about some of the uh, injuries that have happened over the last few days. Uh, and let's start with one of the most recent ones, J.J. Redick. Uh, apparently, J.J. left leg, he is going to be out for 10 to 14 days. So, that you know, it's about, you know, what, five, six games or so. Um, not great. But also, J.J., quite frankly, I think he's having an underrated year. I've liked what JJ has done this year on Philly. He is not really being touted um, as JJ is always an underrated player for me. I always seem to get a lot of value out of him for wherever he gets drafted. And he's he's having one of those years. Um, you know, seventeen points, almost three three pointers a game, um, three rebounds, a little over three assists, half a steal. He's not great, but he's not terrible. What are you uh what are you doing with JJ Reddick right now for the next uh, I guess 10 games? Arguably JJ's best season of his career. I mean, the most points he's ever averaged, pretty much the most assists he's ever averaged. I mean, there was that one year if you put the two together when he played for Orlando and Milwaukee where he averaged more. Um you know, JJ's been playing really good and JJ's always a little bit underrated. A lot of it has to do with he's playing pretty much the most minutes he's ever played in his career. Um, this injury, you know, Woj just saying it doesn't seem super serious. Um, if I got an IR spot, I'm keeping him. Even if I don't, I, I might keep him. And depending on the league, I mean, if it's a really, really shallow league, maybe you, maybe you cut JJ Redick. But um, it doesn't sound super bad. And if he only misses two weeks, I mean, you got to feel pretty good about about that, especially if you're in a good spot in the standings. Now, if I'm sixth in the standings on my playoff start in three weeks and I need to get up to fourth to make the playoffs, then I think I'd have to cut J.J. Reddick just because you need that spot, right? Yeah, I think you have to, um, If you, especially if you're not going to make the playoffs. Right now is do or, is do or die time. I, I assume most leagues start a little bit later. It's kind of weird. I'm in I'm in the – our league has a late playoffs. This other league I'm in is a playoff start in like four weeks, which is way too early. And I best – I would guess most people are somewhere in between. So we are going to talk about playoffs here in the upcoming weeks because 
people's playoffs are sneaking up on them. So if you do have any playoff questions, feel free to tweet at us. Uh, we'll give our Twitter handles after the show or at the end of the show. After the show, when we are not on the air, we'll tell you what our Twitter handles are. Um, I think the player I'm looking at the most here on the 76ers is uh, TJ McCollum. He's uh, already He's a pretty good – you made up a new player, TJ McCollum. Is that CJ McCollum's brother? It's, it's CJ McCollum's little brother wearing a TJ McConnell mask. Um, TJ McConnell's actually been playing pretty well as a streamer for assists anyway. Um, I think this kind of guarantees that he's going to be playing close to starters minutes. And my guess is Jared Bayless probably gets an uptick in a in – a, deeper league i don't see him being a standard league relevant type of guy but uh i like tj probably the most followed by uh followed by jared bayless is, is there anyone else you kind of like on this team while jj reddick is out and i'll say this about mcconnell he's really kind of been an underrated player all season because he's not getting a ton of minutes but he's shooting a great field goal percentage and a pretty good free throw percentage He's given you some good rebounds, some good assists, and some good steals. Sure, he doesn't score many points. He doesn't hit many threes. But like you said, in the streaming category, he can help you win a couple weeks. He can be the difference in steals, assists, and rebounds in a week if you stream him two, three times. Hmm. This this would have been a perfect time for Markel Fultz to uh, really kick into gear if he uh, didn't forget how to shoot a basketball. Have you seen the video? I, this, I can't watch it. It makes me it, it makes me feel bad. He looks like just like someone who's like re like because in one of those horrific accidents and has to like relearn to walk. Like nothing looks comfortable. It's all like herky and jerky and like like well like what baffles me is like he tried to like fix or change his shot. He overworked his shoulder. It caused all these problems. So he doesn't even ha- he doesn't know if he's between his old shot or his new shot. And it seems like their solution was for him to learn another shot. It's like, why don't you just – you're not going to be playing anyway. Just take a take a year. It's it's Philadelphia. Who cares? Take a year. Everybody else did. And what's really interesting is, like, I think the thing that most people miss about some of these NBA players is, like, why they're so good is not just that they're super athletic and they're super talented. What separates them from other players who are – in that same stratosphere, it's just like a supreme confidence. And he's clearly lost that confidence right now. And that could be hard to get back anytime soon. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect anything from Fultz this season. And it'll be interesting to see what he looks like in the summer league or if he if we have to wait all the way till next preseason. Yeah, I think it's going to be next season if I had to take a guess because I don't see the point in bringing him back anytime soon. Uh, to play on this team. They don't terribly need him, in my opinion. I, I know, They got I'm a glad. lot of options there to play. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, a couple other injury pieces of news is uh, Tyler Johnson. Not a, not a good-looking injury there, but it, it turns out after some uh, preliminary tests is Tyler Johnson is not going to be out for – a very long time, but I do think you see Tyler Johnson, even though he's listed as a day-to-day or doubtful, he will probably be out longer than that diagnosis usually shows. Um, the x-rays came back negative for him, so that's that's super positive. But I'm I'm looking at a couple weeks for while uh, to while Tyler Johnson is is, is going to be out, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, I would think the injury looks real bad. And I mean, I think at least a week minimum. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's two or three or four weeks. Um, It's really sad, too, because Johnson was probably in line for the biggest scoring load he had ever seen. I mean, they clearly don't want to play Whiteside huge minutes. And Johnson looked like he was stepping up and on pace to average, you know, 15, 16 points for the foreseeable future. And now he's out. So it'll be interesting to see how they rework that lineup. You know, he was good last year, and that, and that Miami team was uh, kind of a weird group of dudes. And uh, this this year, it's, it's, it's even weirder because everybody is healthy. With uh, Tyler Johnson now, is there anyone who is going to be taking the bulk of his 
minutes. I know everyone's kind of been sharing minutes here, but you know, this could mean that like Josh Richardson is going to play a lot more. Um, I would hope Bam Amadeo plays a little bit more, but I, I don't know if that will happen. Wayne Ellington, perhaps. Who do you like? Uh, who do you like best to either maybe stream in a standard league on Miami while Tyler Johnson's out? Well, I think I found my newest band name. I mean, just a weird group of dudes. That's that seems like a hit. The weird group of dudes. I'm just a weird group of dudes. Um, it'll be Which, interesting. And it would be best if that was an all-girl band. <laughs> uh, what's interesting for me for the Heat is they seem to have cut that rotation back some, and, and with Johnson out, maybe they only go with eight guys. Um, I'll say this: Wayne Ellington is worth streaming if you need three pointers and probably some decent points. That guy hits three three pointers a game pretty much every game. Um, so so that's worth looking at. Uh, you got to think Josh Richardson steps up his offensive game a little bit. Maybe they're forced to play Whiteside a few more minutes. Maybe Drogic finally finds his shooting stroke, which has been hit or miss all season, primarily because he's not getting a ton of minutes. Um, this team, like always, is a is a tough team to peg down. Yeah, it's it's even weird because like you know Kelly Olenek has been playing a lot more uh, over the last month or so. I know Whiteside was out, but Whiteside is back and doesn't seem to be. Um, that healthy it's i don't yeah to me i would just roll with the guys who have been producing well on that team i don't think anyone's gonna kind of come out of nowhere and um keep an eye on wayne ellington as the most likely player on that team to maybe break out over the next couple weeks why tyler johnson i think too that you'll you'll see the he has a game, he has a game, he has a game, he has a game. You know what I mean? Like, one night Drogic drops 30, and then the next night Richardson has 25, and then the next night, oh, Kelly Olynyk had 25 points. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you're going to see any one guy specifically getting that huge scoring load or that huge minute load each night. It kind of just kind of going to play the hot hand like they always do. Yeah, and Spolster's pretty good at that. He, um, I think he kind of reads the game unlike a lot of coaches out there he's he's pretty good at adjusting um against teams and i think that's why they usually have pretty good regular seasons at least the the second half of last season someone was trying to brag how the miami heat um of course this was after a bulls win which they the bulls really got to stop winning over the heat yesterday on martin luther king day and they tried to brag that Miami has the most winningest record over the last year of basketball. And I was like, all right, that's a great, great try. But uh, no one gives a crap of what happened during the regular season, the last half of the regular season, when they didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, no one cares. So good try, but uh, not really. Well, and it's amazing to me, though, how this team continues to win without really kind of a true superstar. I mean... Not even like, really like a star. Hassan Whiteside has been um, a star at times, but I wouldn't say this season at any time he's been star, all-star level. That's what I mean, and they're fourth. I mean, they'd have a home playoff series if the season ended right now. That's just... It's a, it's a really, really impressive to me. Yeah, it's very surprising. Um. Good for them, but not really. Screw the Miami Heat. Uh, I'm not a fan of their team. And I'm an old-school Miami Heat hater. I, I didn't like them before uh, LeBron went there. So take that, Miami Heat fans. Oh, there aren't any. That I don't have to worry about that. Um, Miles Turner. Let's talk about his injury. He's got this just long-winded, na- nagging injury. It's incredibly annoying. And... Uh, <sighs> I really don't know what to do with Miles Turner other than buy low. I mean, I don't think he could be ranked any lower than he currently is. Yeah, no, and it's been a really strange season for Miles Turner in the sense that he's 21 years old. You expected a step forward, and, I mean, we just really haven't seen it. And if anything, it's kind of taken a step back. Yeah, which is always kind of a good thing to remember 
next year because next year you're going to look at prepping for your draft and you're going to go, man, Miles Turner, that guy had a crappy year. He's not that good. And then like next year is the year he he blows up. Or maybe it's two years from then. But it he's someone I, I haven't given up hope on because it seems like he's had a lot of nagging injuries this year. But that, that leap that a lot of people thought preseason were going to happen, including us, we had him ranked pretty high. Uh, just doesn't uh, seem to take shape this year, and that's that's kind of sad. Um, Dante Sabonis is usually the beneficiary of Miles Turner being out, but Miles Miles Turner's been out for a little while, and uh, Dante Sabonis is not having the kind of games that he did earlier this year, where he was almost a, a double double every night for. A couple weeks there while Miles Turner was out at the beginning of the season with a concussion. Maybe you wonder that if that uh, concussion is just lingering for for Miles Turner. But uh, Don Sabonis is probably the guy you would want to pick up or stream. Probably for uh, if if you need rebounds, like you should be doing that anyway. But maybe now that he's starting playing around thirty minutes a game, you'd want to keep him on the roster for a little longer. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Miles Turner's probably expected to miss at least one more game here. Um, it's worth noting about Turner, too. If you look at an eight-category league for the season, um, in total, Miles Turner is ranked 52nd. And so I think you're going to see people, oh, Miles Turner screwed me because people were picking him in the second and the third round. And he could slip and be quite a bargain next year if he can even just do what he did last season and doesn't take a step forward, right? if he just goes back to where he was during last season, I mean, he was a top 30 player. So if you can get that at pick 50 next year, that could be one heck of a steal. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'd also throw out for deeper leagues and um, desperate rebound streamers, Al Jefferson uh, still can get rebounds, still can do a, still get a little shake and bake in there. Uh, he's, He's nice and old, but uh, he can still get around. And a couple of nights ago, I think it looked like Sabonis was going to sit. So if you ever see if you see Sabonis sitting, and Al Jefferson is going to have to play quite a few minutes, and uh, that's a sneaky stream to pick up if if you see that on the Twitter wire. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, is there any other major injuries that we're forgetting here? I feel like there might have been one more. Oh man, there's always some injuries, isn't there's there? Always, there's always something. I thought for sure you were going to want to talk about the tomfoolery and probably suspensions upcoming for many players in that game last night. That was the talk of everyone's town. Yeah, so uh, I uh, I went to bed, Tyler. I was I was nice and tired, but uh, apparently, it, as they should get suspended, uh, one of the dirty the dirtiest players in the league, Chris Paul who is petty as all hell, wanted to beat the living crap out of Austin Rivers and, and possibly Blake Griffin. And you could basically, I, I have a theory about why the Clippers have, have sucked uh, all these years. And it's because no one likes Chris Paul. Um, and he led his team, uh, Clint Capella, through the back hallways over to the, the Clippers' locker rooms through a secret tunnel or a secret door of some sort. I like how ridiculous this sounds, but it's like, and it's all like pretty close to being true. But like Trevor Reza, Joe Green, Clint Capella was involved, James Harden showed up. They wanted to fight Blake Griffin, Austin Rivers, who knows who else they were trying to fight. Um, apparently, you know, security, maybe even police had to get involved, but my guess is no one actually threw any punches. It wasn't, a, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a huge deal. Um, what was just saying though that there's there's got to be some punishments coming. So whether that's suspensions or just fines, um, we'll see. I'll give you a little, kind of a brief rundown, and then we can talk about any of these players you want of some injuries. Uh, DeAndre Jordan still still out with that injury. He's questionable to play tomorrow in Denver. Um, so you got that. JJ Barea is getting ready to come back. Uh, another player getting ready to come back, and this one's probably a little bit more fantasy relevant. Is uh, I just lost it here. Oh, Kawhi Leonard is supposed to play tomorrow. That's positive. That whole, That's good to hear that he's finally going to play. That whole return from injury management thing, they said he had three days off, so he should be back. 
Um, Tablos of Losh is done for the season, so if you're holding him in any deeper league. Uh, that's the man, that makes me sad. Tabo's one of my uh, old favorite Bulls. He that guy works hard. He's a good basketball player. And that, that that sucks after getting his leg what he got his leg broken by the NYPD in yes. that Atlanta playoff run and now he's out again. Yeah, with another knee injury, so I mean that's that's not but, the best sign going forward either, probably. I would sue the NYPD. If that's the same knee, I'm su- suing the NYPD. I think uh D'Angelo Russell's is is practicing. And he looks to be coming back here probably within the next week. That's a big one. What do you want to do with Spencer Dimwitty right now? You want to move him? I think we've talked about this before, but now that we're closer to the return of D'Angelo Russell, um, if you have Dinwiddie, what's what's your play? I am trading him for any player I can get that I think is going to have sustained value because I do not think he is going to be good in 25 minutes a night when D'Angelo Russell comes back. I- I actually think Dinwiddie could retain standard league value if they're going to put him in the pri- as a primary guard in the rotation. Uh, Dinwiddie's kind of proven himself to be a pretty good uh, facilitator ball handler and uh, pretty good in the offense. And I don't know how that's going to work with Russell, and it could go horribly, horribly wrong. But if you can't move, and I, I would agree with Tyler to move him for someone who's in the around his um, ranking currently or a little bit below that ranking, but I actually think he's going to maintain standard league relevancy even with the Russell return. Um, so if you can't move him, I would not drop him until uh, I, I see how that rotation plays out. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely not dropping him until we see him consistently playing 25 minutes a night and not being worth it. But at the same time, I just don't really think it's going to happen. Um, it, go ahead. I was going to say I did uh, to to put some closure on that uh, CP3 fiasco. I did see the NBA winner of NBA Twitter this week who tweeted, well, at least Chris Paul finally led his team somewhere. That was the nastiest tweet I have seen in a long time. So props to you if you are out there listening. And the only other injury I'll mention is Lonzo Ball has that in that knee injury that does not seem good. Did not practice again today. And they're saying that they're probably not going to play him until the swelling goes down. And who knows when that'll be. So if you're a Lonzo Ball owner, you could be without him here for the next week or so, I would think. Hmm. All right, let's move into a the team, a team on the go, a team on the rise, a team at the forefront of industry and technology. Tyler's favorite team, the Sacramento Kings. How how on a scale of uh, on a scale of Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, to a very mad. Boogie Cousins, how frustrated are you with the Sacramento Kings? Oh, no, I think they finally made the right move. Whoa. This was the smartest thing they could have done. And the only smarter thing they could do is trade those five veterans for any sack of garbage they can get. Yeah. Right? Any asset in the world would be better than having Zach Randolph be miserable on your bench. Oh, I, I wrote about uh, trade, some trade rumors. Like, I picked out three teams that I thought were fits for Zach Randolph just today. I mean, you can find that out there on the interwebs. And, I mean, I said in the article, you know, even if they can get a second-round pick, even if they can get two second-round picks for Zach Randolph, why not? What the hell is Zach Randolph going to give you now? He's going to be 37 years old in a few months. Like, he, he's not helping your team. Yeah, for sure. Needs to start playing for the future like that. They're not making the playoffs. They're the dead last in the Eastern Conference. They're eight and a half games out of the eighth seed, and then have to jump seven teams to get into the playoffs. Like it's not happening. For those of you who do not know what we're talking about, uh, which you should, but perhaps you've been, you know, out and about living your life and not paying too much attention to the Sacramento Kings. The Kings have finally decided to play their young core. And uh, this means uh, finally you're going to see Darren Fox, Willie Colley-Sky, and even Scalabossier uh, get real valuable minutes. 
Is there anyone you would say is a must own? I know you're a, a Bogdanovich. You love Bogdan Bogdanovich quite a bit. Um, I'm we're not big on Buddy Heald. I'm a little interested in De'Aaron Fox, but is there anyone who's a must pick up if they're on their waiver wire on the Sacramento Kings roster? Well, let's look at it the other way first. Okay, so the news sure. is they're going to rest at least two of their five veterans every night, and some nights Coach Jager said they could rest three. So on Monday, the two guys were Zach Randolph and Vince Carter. Okay, So the five players we're looking at that they're going to rest at least two of each night are George Hill, Zach Randolph, Costa Kufis, Garrett Temple, Vince Carter. I think if you own any of those five players, you can probably cut them at this point and feel pretty safe about it, even in a 12-team league. Because, I mean, we saw it last last night when they played Oklahoma City, right? Like, even the ones that played didn't play a whole ton. They're clearly not prioritizing these players. And I think they're still going to play them minutes when they're active just because Coach Yeager feels some sort of obligation to these veteran players. But... I don't think it's going to be a whole a whole lot of minutes or a, a big expansive role. Uh, in that Monday game, Garrett Temple played 18 minutes. George Hill played 24 minutes, and Costa Kufas played 19 minutes, and the other two sat. I think you're going to see kind of a similar thing in every game moving forward. Now, here's where things get hairy, okay? Willie Kleistein played 40 minutes. I think they know he's ready to play as many minutes as he can handle. I think he's definitely going to be worth owning in fantasy the rest of the way. Scalabossier, that's a hard one. That's a difficult one. It depends. I'm Like I said, I'm a big Scal fan, and uh, I'm willing to take a flyer on him. But you're going to take some lumps, I think. Yeah, you might not be happy about that flyer, but... I'm I'm now willing to take that flyer on him, just in case. Um, he ends up playing, yeah, hey, thirty minutes a game for a, a decent stretch. You're gonna get some good value out of that. But I I would be willing to stream him for sure. Oh no doubt, and I, I've said this a lot. I think he's got a real fantasy friendly game. You know what I mean? I think he can hit some threes. He can score. He can rebound. He can do some assists and blocks and steals. Yeah. Like he can kind of do it across the board. Even so in limited makes, minutes, he's not really that bad. So that makes him pretty interesting. Um, anytime George Hill sits out, De'Aaron Fox is going to be pretty darn good. And I think that you're likely going to see George Hill trade. The trade deadline is on February 8th, 3 p.m. Eastern on February 8th. So we have less than a month till that happens. And I think you're going to see George Hill get traded. Is that new? Is that a, is that a moved trade deadline? It's moved up one week. It was used to, always yeah. used to be on the 15th, but now it's on the 8th. I'm not exactly sure why they moved it. Be um, prepared, everybody, because that is three weeks from now. And um, De'Aaron Fox, I would actually pick him up, sit him on, sit him down, put him on, even taking that one game where he's going to come off the bench and play less minutes, uh, one out of every three games or so. It's, to me, it's worth it. I'll say this. To keep him on there through the trade deadline. In the two Three games, I'm sorry. Three games that George Hill sat out for the birth of his daughter uh, just here recently. Deer and Fox look really good. He yeah. is finally getting a little more comfortable in the NBA. He's attacking the rim a lot more, which is what he needs to do because that dude is crazy fast, and he's not a great shooter. Um, you got to know what you're buying with Deer and Fox, though. He's going to be pretty good in assists and steals, I think. He's probably going to score like somewhere between 12 to 16 points a game. Not a ton of rebounds, almost no blocks probably, and the percentages are going to be rough. So you got to know what you're buying. Like in a Roto League, I don't know that I'd be jumping on De'Aaron Fox super fast because he's going to shoot poor percentages. Yeah. But if, uh, you don't care, if you don't care about field goals, this guy probably going to be standard league value when he's, when he's playing that, that many minutes. Oh, in head-to-head leagues, I'd pick him up in any head-to-head league pretty much. Yeah. Um, and in, if George Hill sticks around after the trade deadline, you know, maybe you reevaluate that, but I still think he's going to be worth it in assists and steals. He's going to score enough to, to make him worthwhile. 
Um, not a good three-point shooter, though. So and that's a – we talk about this a lot, right? That's a category where everybody's shooting more three-pointers. So he's actively hurting you in that category as well. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been great recently. I think he's another guy that's probably worth owning in a standard league, which is weird, right? Because, I mean, we said this all season, right? The Kings really didn't have too many guys who are worth owning. And now they seem like they have a lot. Um, over about the last 10 games or so, Bogdanovich is averaging five assists a game. So, that's, that's pretty surprising. So that's uh, he's he's getting a lot more playmaking opportunities. And I think he's probably going to average pretty close to a steal a game with that. Probably somewhere around three rebounds. Like one and a half to two three-pointers made. And he can probably average somewhere 13 to 15 points a game. Yeah, and actually, you know, on ESPN leagues, he is guard and for forward eligible. Just he's throwing pretty, that out there. He's a pretty efficient shooter, too. Um, yeah. If you look at his percentages for the season, 40, 47, 38 from three, and 82.1 from the free throw line. Um, he's definitely more of a Roto League target, right? Like, you, you love those percentages in Roto. He can do a lot of different little things for you. Um, but I don't own him in any league, too, right now. Would you would you rather take a a flyer on Bogdan Bogdanovich for the rest of the season or De'Aaron Fox for the rest of the season? Um, well, here you go. I'll, I'll rank all four of those players I Ooh. mentioned. I I think that are standard wow. league relevant. Bonus. This is bonus content, everybody. Um, and and then we'll talk a little bit about Buddy Hill because I think he might be interesting. And in, uh, in, no, he's in, not that interesting. Well, in, in deeper leagues, though, he's going to be interesting because he's going to shoot a lot. And he's actually a really efficient three-point shooter. So if you play in a league with three-point percentage, he is sixth in the NBA. Even after his 0 for 5 night on Monday, he is sixth in the NBA in three-point percentage. Hmm. And it's on quite a few attempts. Like, the dude can shoot and score. So if you're owning a guy like Bojan Bogdanovic, the guy from the Pacers, I think the, the, the least favorite of the Bogdanoviches. I think Buddy Hill can be something similar to that, though, right? Like a, a good three-point shooter who scores and doesn't do a whole lot else. Like, that's Buddy Hill. Uh, anyways, back to the rankings. I would rank the players. Willie Cauley-Stein would be the guy I would want to most own. Then Bogdan Bogdanovich. Then De'Aaron Fox. Then Scalabas here. Interesting. I just think Bogdanovich's percentages are going to be better than Fox's, and that's going to give you a little bit more value. Fox will probably give you a few more assists and a few more steals, but Bogdanovich is still going to get you a steal a game. Neither one is going to block too many shots. You're going to see Bogdanovich actually hit enough three-pointers to be somewhat useful, and I think the points are going to end up pretty much in the wash too. So, Yeah, it's always going to depend on what you need, what your league is, what you're what you're rolling with. Uh if I'm in a head-to-head, I think I'm going to take Fox over Bogdan Bogdanovich, but uh, Roto Leagues, Bogdan's the way to go. Uh, I can't disagree with that ranking. Uh, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw this out there. Rest of the season, this is good. Out of left field, Scalabassier or Bam Abadeo from your Miami Heat? Give me Scal. I just feel a little bit safer about his minutes. I also like Scal's fantasy game too, more than I like Bam's. Yeah, I mean, if you told me they're playing the exact same amount of minutes the rest of the season, like in some strange league where you can tell the future, I think I'd rather have Scal. Mm. It's um, it's going to be very interesting second half, I think, uh, of this season with so many teams out there who are going to be tanking, so many teams with young semi-talented to very talented players like Bam Amadeo, like John Collins in Atlanta, in um, a lot of teams that are like Atlanta and the Miami Heat and the Sacramento Kings, who really have no, no nothing to play for other than player development. And Well, the Heat are going to be a playoff team, man. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sorry. The Heat, my bad, are going to be a playoff team because they play in the East. But, you know, Atlanta Hawks aren't going to be good. The Grizzlies are going to be real questionable. What's going on there? Um, there's going to be a lot of guys who come out of nowhere um, or young guys getting opportunities. And right now you're seeing that in full effect in Sacramento. So what's happening in Sacramento is going to start happening 
on other teams uh, in the league. And it's just going to be up to you to kind of pay attention. Well, we'll be here too. I guess you can listen to this podcast and find out about it, but you got to pay attention, see what's going on in these rotations, see what's going on in press releases and just kind of pay attention, um, you know, at least to the box scores every night and see what's, see who's playing a little bit more than, than usual. And, you know, I might have to go out to some of my leagues and pick up Willie Kelly Stein. One of my, one of the top names in the league. Yeah, and even in our listening league, man, I just picked up the Aaron Fox last night. Yeah, I saw that. You shouldn't. Uh, you should have let me pick them up. <laughs> the, these guys are are readily available in a lot of leagues, and so you know, I mean, go look on your waiver wire because they might be out there. Another interesting guy who's playing a little bit better is Josh Jackson for the Suns. He could be standardly relevant the rest of the way because why would they not play that guy thirty minutes a night? Yeah, they want to know how good he is. Makes perfect sense. Um, I think uh, something kind of recently, I think tonight even, he might have uh, gone out with a uh, subbed out with an injury. So we'll, we'll make sure people know what happened there. Uh, if we hear any more word on that, um, obviously, Bismack Biombo is playing very well in Orlando. That has worked out, I think, in an earlier episode when we talked about Vujovic getting injured. We talked about picking up Bismack Miyamo, taking a flyer on him, seeing if he can revert back to his old Toronto ways. And it looks like, for the most part, um, not not terribly consistently, but for the most part, he looks to be standardly relevant until Vujovic gets back. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think we've talked about that a few times. Um, Another thing I'll throw out there that was kind of underreported, I think, Yesterday is um, when the Jazz last played this, there was reports from some of the beat writers that Ricky Rubio was kind of limping around the locker room. And obviously we haven't seen Rubio play at his best this season. And maybe that's what's behind it is he's just kind of hiding a nagging leg injury or knee injury somewhere. And he's trying to power through it. And that's just something to watch going forward. Right. Cause sometimes we see this, right. Those injuries get worse and worse and worse. And the Jazz are, you know, five games out of the playoffs right now, they slip a little bit further out and we could see Rubio just kind of pack it in. Yeah. That's one of those, uh, it's not going to work out type of things. If they're, if they're in the playoffs, they're pushing for a playoff spot or in the playoffs, maybe Ricky Rubio takes a few weeks off, gets a little bit better and comes back and looks pretty good. But this could be one of those reverse. Hey, why, why try too hard? Why risk re-injuring yourself when you're not making the playoffs anyway? It's one of those risky, uh, incredibly risky moves to go after Ricky Rubio right now, but his value could not be lower after these last few games, and it was already very, very low. If you own Ricky Rubio, though, in a standard league, are you dropping him, or do you think he still has uh, some trade value? I don't think I'm dropping him in this. We find out was... It's getting yeah, close. As you can tell, I own him. Uh, I stole him from you in our listener league, and I regret it. Um, yeah, it's getting close he, to drop time, it feels. He's another guy, though, that, like, next year could be super underrated. I mean, the guy's averaging 4.7 assists, and, and anybody can say what they want, but the lowest number that he's averaged in his entire career was 7.3 in a season. So to anyone to say that they thought, oh, I, I knew Ricky Rubio was going to be this bad, like there's no possible way. Ricky no. Rubio is, is having the worst season of his career, and there's no way you could have known that. No, that's just not it's not realistic. And I mean, we talk like we can talk. We're going to end up talking a lot about these current Jazz players um, as we head into the off season. I mean, we talk a lot about Joe Ingles now, right? He's one of the players who's always underrated um rudy gobert it'll be interesting to see where he goes next year in draft i mean he still only played 18 games this season and he's out right now so i mean i think we're going to talk a lot about these jazz and, and kind of where they rank and you could see a lot of bargains on that team which is not uncommon yeah it's going to be an interesting season the jazz aren't really a high profile team anyway so I think a lot of people do overlook their players like even when gordon hayward was on the team i think people overlooked the players on that team going into drafts. So 
down the stretch, it's going to be even more important to pay attention to those kind of those fringe teams where they don't get a lot of national TV spotlights to see, hey, who's who's moved into that rotation? Who's going to be playing down the stretch? Are they sitting Ricky Rubio? Who's going to be playing point guard if he is completely sitting out? And all those things are going to matter. They're going to give you extra stats, and, and they're going to give you the edge in, in some of those crucial weeks leading into the playoffs. Well, and I mean, we see this every year, right? Like, there's always guys in the second half of the season, which we just entered, right, where, like, oh, man. I mean, one year it was Will Barton, right? Like, Will Barton came from nowhere. nowhere. And, and was – I mean, I, I think that year he was, what, like top 60 in the last half of the season? Like it was some crazy thing like oh, that. I, mean, I think he was top 30 there for at least a, a half a month or maybe a month even. He was crazy. He was there. He just couldn't miss. And You know what I mean? And we see that every year. So stay tuned. Ger- Gerald Green's come out of nowhere recently to yeah, uh, she, knock down 4-3s again. That. 50% from three and just not missing anything. Um, yeah. I mentioned Lou Williams at the top of the show, right? Like Lou Williams is a guy who was owned in every league, but like look at Lou Williams' stats of like the last 10 games. I mean, I swear to God, that guy hasn't missed a shot. He's out of his mind right now and uh, at the peak of his value. So definitely a so high moment, but I haven't like, like we've said, Lou Williams is not a great, not a big name. I don't think you're going to convince too many people to pay uh, the 90 cents on the dollar for even Lou Williams. So I just, you know, I'd write it out. Lou I, I think Lou Williams, he's at the right age. You know, he could keep this up for the rest of the year. Well, and I mean, you look at the Maybe last... not this high of a production, but I don't think he drops out of the standard league production. Well, I mean, you look at the last two months, right? This month, he's averaging 31.6 points. Last month, month of December, it was 25.2 and 5.9 assists and 5.8. So, like, just ride it, man. If no one wants to buy it, fine. I mean, getting 25 points a game and six assists, isn't hurting you, and that's over a pretty decent sample size. Yeah, those aren't bad numbers at all. Uh, let's see. There's a couple other guys out there that we probably should mention here. Um, ooh. Dragon Bender on Phoenix, since we were talking a, a little bit about Phoenix, has been, um, you know, I don't know what to make of this guy. He's gotten starts in the last two games um, has been playing well this season anyway he's been averaging 22 minutes but over the last few weeks he's averaging around 30 minutes a game it does seem like the Suns want to get him more time with the with the starters and it makes a lot of sense they're going nowhere there were another team changing their rotation due to the where they're at and against Oklahoma City he dropped six three-pointers had 20 points and uh, six rebounds, four assists, three blocks. Kind of a fluke of a game, I believe. But if there was ever a breakout time for Dragon Bender, it's it's probably right now, right, Ty? Well, it's important to remember too that in those last, you know, kind of four games where Bender's played huge minutes, Marquise Chris has been out. That's he true. Got injured in that game against Oklahoma City, right? And he hasn't played in the last three games. Um, if you're a f- fan of fantasy and not a fan of real life basketball you want marquise chris to play those minutes and not dragon bender yeah i just don't think dragon bender has a real fantasy friendly game i mean you told me dragon bender is gonna play 30 minutes a game for the rest of the season and i'd say to you Mm -mm. Mm -mm. like you know what i mean like okay i'll pick him up in a 14 or 16 team league just because anybody who's playing that kind of minutes is worth owning in those leagues but in a 12 team league uh He's maybe in the streaming, but the problem I mean, maybe is, I don't even know. The problem with streaming him is like he doesn't really provide you anything consistent, right? Like he'll get four assists one night, and then for three games in a row it'll be no assists, and he'll get you two rebounds, and then he'll get you five rebounds, and then he'll get you two rebounds, and so like you never really know what you're even streaming him for, right? Like yeah. you're just shot in the dark. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah, you definitely want someone like Marquise Chris who, while also semi-inconsistent, he's still going to be producing at a at least a level playing that, that many minutes, a level that is standard league relevant. Yeah, and with Marquise Chris, like you see some games where you're like, okay, I'd have that. 16 points, five blocks he had. 
on the third against Denver. Yeah. Nice. You know what I mean? Uh, seven points, two assists, two blocks, one steal against Philadelphia on New Year's Eve. 12 points. It's like he can do a lot in a lot of different categories. Where Bender, it's like it's mostly just rebounds and nothing else. Like what, what else does he give you? Like not a lot. <laughs> not a lot at all. Chris, Chris in a 30, you know, 32 minutes a game is a one, one, one guy. And occasionally has, he had a game not too long ago with five steals like that. I know that's not going to be normal, but like, Hey, that probably won somebody a week. And I'd much rather have a guy who, you know, produces across the board than dragon bender. Um, so let's hope let's wish a speedy recovery to Marquise Chris. Uh, this is another team, the Phoenix suns that I think you should be paying attention to towards the trade deadline. And as we approach the trade deadline, I think we're going to try to pop off uh, some of those emergency podcasts, get a quick reactions to trades to try to ensure people can react to them a lot quicker instead of waiting for the next um, iteration of this podcast. So uh, we might see uh, quite a few of those in the, in the upcoming weeks, especially since that trade deadline is getting real close. Yeah, no doubt. I will say this to put a pin on that Dragon Bender conversation. If you're in a dynasty league and someone's valuing Dragon Bender as a standard, like he'll give you anybody who's yeah. standardly relevant, I would do it. I just don't see the value in this guy. He can't shoot. He's just not got a lot of fantasy relevant. He's... I mean, no steals, no blocks. Like, even in big minutes, like, what's this guy going to average? He's already 20 years old. Like, Okay, yeah, maybe he gets better, but what do you want to wait three or four or five years for this guy to have even standard league value? Like, I would move him for somebody, especially if I'm competing, I would move him for somebody who's going to be useful in the next few seasons. Yeah, I was going to say he's about two years away from being two years away. The uh, excellent comment from, I think, Jay Bias. Um, that's what, Jay Billis, sorry, who's very biased. Um, oh, that was Fran for show, wasn't it? It wasn't Fraschilla. No, you're right. It was Fraschilla. It was some uh, international player. It was that freaking Bruno Caboclo from the oh my gosh. Raptors who he was wrong one. about it because I think it's been four years and he still isn't anything. I can't believe you could pull that name out of your memory banks. Oh, my gosh. I have, a, I have a story about that, but that, it won't be interesting for the listeners, so I will tell you later. Let's we'll save that for another time, or you can tweet directly at Tyler, for that story, at Watsy4444, or at me at Watching the Boxes. And really, you can tweet at us about fancy questions, feedback on the show, and if you want to be our listener, question of the night. And now it's time for the listener question of the night, believe it or not. Listener question of the night. Listener question of the night. If you don't have an IR spot on your team, and you have Paul Millsap and Nikola Vujovic, I can barely read. What what are you going to do? What what should you do if your playoffs are approaching? You got Millsap, you got Vujovic, and you have no IR spots. Well, okay, so I think I kind of just run down a, a little checklist for myself. The first question is, which one has more value? If they're both healthy today, which player would I rather have? The correct answer is Vujovic. Okay, so then I look at, okay, who is coming back sooner? I think the answer again is, is Vujovic. If you believe Basketball Monster, which is where I like to go for my injuries because they kind of throw them all in one nice little uh, area, they have Vujovic coming back on February 14th. Now, this is not set in stone, mind you, but this is kind of their best guess at it. And Paul Millsap coming back on February 23rd. So you get an extra week of production out of Vujovic too. Um, That's true. So if Vujovic is the better player and he's going to give you production sooner – if I need to cut one of those players, meaning I need to make up ground to make the playoffs in my league, I think Millsap's the guy I cut. 
Yeah, and this would be only if I'm not making the playoffs. If I'm making the playoffs, both of those guys are standard league relevant, and actually uh, you know, more than standard league relevant. They're, they're pretty good players. Uh, sadly, we didn't see a ton of Millsap this year, but down the playoff stretch, having a Millsap come out of nowhere if you're already making the playoffs is is a pretty good treat for you. So I would yeah. hold on to both if I'm making the playoffs for sure. And the, the smart play, I think, before you drop him is to float him to some of those owners at the top, right? Because they're going to be the guys who pick him up if you let him go. So maybe you can extract a little bit of value from Millsap. Maybe you can trade for, you know, a player who that person isn't valuing quite as high as they should be and get some value for Millsap in a trade. Yeah, you should always try to trade someone who is uh, is injured, but you know, in the top 50, top 60, trade them first because someone's going to pick them off the waiver wire right before they come back or two weeks before they come back or right after you, uh, they clear waivers. So it's, it's going to be at some point. So if, if someone's going to pick, especially anyone, really, this applies to anybody. If they're not going to clear waivers and, and someone's going to get them, then you shouldn't have dropped that person. You should have traded that person. And sometimes that's a hard, hard game to play. Oh, no doubt. And, Sometimes Sometimes you drop a guy, you try to trade him to every single team, you drop him, and then he gets picked up off uh, off the waiver wire. Some teams won't trade for a guy, but they'll they'll they'll, they'll wait for him to be dropped. Well, and I think you just get a little more time to evaluate your squad in that situation, and you also don't necessarily, especially if I know right, like all right, Mike's got a pretty good team. He's just outside the playoffs. Like I don't really want to give him an asset to get him in the playoffs because. Mike's got Steph Curry, and maybe Steph Curry goes off in the week he plays me in the playoffs and beats me. Hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas if I drop a player, right, like maybe you're not the person who gets that pickup. Maybe it's someone else in the league. That's right. Someone, if they don't clear away, maybe you that guy's not going to get them. That's a good point, Tyler. So, I mean, you got to look at it a lot of different angles, and, you know, you got to know your competition in a lot of ways, and you know, maybe I'm not super into giving Mike this player back because that's going to be the thing that pushes him into the playoffs, and I don't want to see Mike in the playoffs. No, you do not, and I know you're uh, pretty frightened of me this week as well. And we will. I'm already dominating you, Mike. I've got. I'm, I'm putting the win down in my ledger column already. It is early, and you've played twice as many games as me so far. So we will. We will see how this ends. Um, I think that is it for tonight. Tyler, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Um, if you're into the Sacramento Kings situation and you want to read about it, I wrote an article um, at a site called A Royal Pain um, where I wrote about they're going to sit at least two vets. And in that article, I detailed um, – you know, who's going to be sitting out, what the ramifications are kind of on both sides for both the veterans and the young players. And over the next few days, I will be doing trade pieces on each of those five young or each of those five veteran players to try to find them a fit. Um, I did Zach Randolph today, so you can read that. Um, and, and I found three teams that I think not only will the salary work, I think they have something the Kings would value to give back. And they have a need in the sense that, I mean, Zach Randolph can't play defense anymore, but he can still score the basketball. And I found two teams that really need someone to score the ball off the bench. So I think that maybe they can make a trade. Yeah, go check those out on uh, Tyler's Twitter. He will be posting where those are. And if you like this podcast, you like what you're hearing, please, whatever you're listening to this, on this whatever device, whatever program, whatever application, whatever app, go out, leave us a review. Give us uh, as many stars as you please, but write a review, good or bad. doesn't really matter. Make sure it's good, though. And we, it, it really helps the people find this podcast. So if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And if you like to gamble and you like to do snake drafts and you like to play fancy daily fancy basketball, but you're tired of trying to figure out how salaries work and trying to figure out if Timothy Luwalu Cabaret is playing tonight, try draft.com where everyone drafts a different team. You go against each other one night. 
in a snake draft before the games start. And if you use the promo code boxes, you will get a free entry to your first game. Uh, it's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty slick site. And um, I found people who play fantasy do pretty good. I've gotten some feedbacks from some uh, listeners who play, and they seem to be doing pretty well as uh, as well. So that's that's always positive. So until next time, thanks for joining us, everybody. 